Zion Johnson has been drafted by the Los Angeles Chargers. We're going to dive in and talk about his new home and the entire NFL draft experience on Thursday night. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. Joined with me as always to talk about some of this draft stuff. We've got Mitch Wolf. Mitch, how's it going? You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Doing good. Just uh, reeling from Steelers selecting Kenny Pickett at 20, but happy for Zion to be headed to Los Angeles otherwise. So here's a chance for you to brag. Now we had, I, uh, about two or three weeks ago, got in on uh, Zion Johnson on bet online at 24 and a half. And he goes at 17 to the team that you picked. Talk a little bit about this connection with the chargers. Yeah, so uh, the reason why it came up was because they just really needed offensive line help. And when you have a quarterback, a young quarterback, you want to get him a better offensive line as soon as possible. So drafting, like I said on the last show, Zion John, drafting Zion Johnson fills two needs. It um, allows you to move your left guard, Matt Filer, from left guard to right tackle, where he can play pretty well, and then you can replace him very easily at left guard. So you now have... Uh, four of your starting five positions on the offensive line filled out. You still need to find a right guard, but you could always draft another guard in this draft, or you could sign a free agent. You can find somebody to at least fill in there pretty easily. Uh, you know, they also could bring back Ode Abushi, but I like this pick a lot. You know, I think if the chargers want to run the ball a little more to kind of save Justin Herbert a little bit, that makes a lot of sense. And just Zion can help with that as well, but also he's, super rock solid in pass protection and in an AFC West that is kind of the focal point of the arms race in the AFC you know getting Zion can really help you protect the quarterback keep him upright and allow your passing game to flourish did it surprise you that Kenyon Green went so early I was very surprised uh because the Texans had you know picked Derek Stingley very early which I thought was a great pick um He's was one of, I thought he was an awesome player in 2019. He's had some weird seasons the last two years, but I still loved him as a prospect. And then they had a bunch of trades uh, moving around the board. And then they ended up just taking Kenyon green, which was very odd, uh, especially that early, you know, everybody on Twitter was kind of surprised that he went that early, given that nobody, I don't think anybody, even the people who liked him more than Zion, nobody had him significantly higher than him. And granted it was only ended up being what two picks higher or, Yeah, two picks higher. So they just both just got drafted a little earlier. And I think that them being drafted earlier than the consensus by about 10 picks makes you kind of realize that at, at this point in a draft where there were a lot of question marks, you have teams they want to pick those sure things. So the Texans, who have a pretty weak roster overall, they pick a guy like Kenyon Green and come in, start immediately. They, I think they announced him as a tackle, actually, so they might want to start him at right tackle. And then if they let Laramie Tunsil go due to uh, cap concerns – they might be looking at him to take over for Tunsil at left tackle in the future. And so the draft experience was interesting. I, I, we can, we can have a whole show on the fashion of some of these guys. Um, Jordan Davis with that sash or whatever that was <laughs> around his waist. Um, but in the uh, green room, I, what struck me was that Zion Johnson seemed to be one of the only players to have his coach standing next to him. At least I didn't notice any other ones as Jeff Halfley was back there with him. I um, thought that was a pretty cool thing. What did you think? 
Yeah, that's that's really good to see, just to see the alignment of the program from top to bottom, you know, of getting coaches involved uh, with their players, you know, from the time that they're, I mean, Natalie wasn't there when he was recruited, but, you know, you have them, you have the coaches with the players throughout the whole process. I know Ryan Day, the Ohio State coach, was uh, in Las Vegas. He was on ESPN earlier in the day. So I have to imagine he might have been floating around in the green room and they just might have missed, the camera might have missed him when the Ohio State wide receivers were picked. Uh, so, yeah, and I, it'd be, I'd be very surprised if uh, Kirby Smart, the Georgia coach, wasn't there because there's going to be a ton of Georgia players that go in the first round. Uh, but regardless, it's nice to see Halfley there because he will only have one player in the first round this year, and so he still made the trip out to Vegas. Not that that's a, you know, a disappointing trip to make, but he still made that trip out there just for one player. And so do you, do you see Zion starting year one? Oh yeah, no question. He's going to be an immediate start. And that that's that that's what that was the whole appeal of him was that he can start immediately at at really at either guard position and immediately raise the floor of your offensive line. You know, he can be a reliable uh, piece in that offensive line. That's just gonna you're just gonna feel more safe about keeping your quarterback upright. And with Justin Herbert, that's that he is there. He is the Chargers franchise. So keeping him he- upright and healthy is the main goal of their uh of this draft but like just in general this is quite the story like just taking a step back we've been diving into the minutiae about everything whether it was his run you know his runs during the um combine or senior bowl but taking a step back and just looking what zion johnson was he was an unranked uh recruit out of some school and i'm totally blanking on where he's from um but ends up at davidson which up until Zion's transferring over, I didn't even realize they had a football team. I know they had the basketball team with uh, Steph Curry, but I, I was, you know, this story is, is such a great one compared to some of the other, you know, like you got all the other guys up there, you know, Derek Stingley, I'm sure was a four or five star recruit, but to see Zion go from complete unknown FCS player to being scouted by Phil Trout Wayne, to uh, BC, to becoming an All-American, to being drafted the second guard in the country. This is a story that Boston College should be selling and singing off, uh, you know, from the mountains on the recruiting trail. Yeah, it's interesting because you do want to sell these stories, you know, 100% just to show that, you know, just the development that takes place because, you know, if Zion stays at Davidson, this isn't this certainly isn't how his story ends, but, you know, transferring to BC and getting that training from a bevy of offensive line coaches uh, that really develop him into a great player. That's what BC offers. And that's kind of what coach Gouge was tweeting about earlier this evening. Um, but it's still like super rare. And, but, but BC has shown the ability, you know, there was the, a tweet I saw earlier that says like in the common draft era, I think BC has had 40 until tonight, they had had 48, offensive linemen taken in the NFL draft, which was, I want to say like fifth most uh, in uh, in the NFL draft history. And they'll have gather 49. I think by the end of the draft, they'll have four, they'll have 50 with Alec Lindstrom going on uh, probably day three, if I had to guess. So, you know, BC is O-line you for a reason. And Zion Johnson is just the latest example of that. Yeah. It's, it's, I remember him transferring to BC and it just didn't seem like that big of a deal when it happened because you, you see guys transfer over from FCS schools all the time. And they're you got guys like JT Thompson this last year, mm-hmm. right? He mm-hmm. was just, he was just a depth depth player. So when Zion transferred over, you know, he came over, you didn't expect much. You were just like, Oh, he's just, you know, BC's got a good, uh, you know, 
group of offensive linemen because Adazio credit when credits do could all could recruit rec- offensive linemen. You didn't think much of him, but then you, it, I believe it was the summer of 2019 Adazio started talking about him mm-hmm. and he talked about him a lot. And then you started to hear, like you started like as much as Adazio could bluster when Z- when he started to get into Zion, you're like, Oh, there's something there. And then you saw him play and you're like, okay, I see what's going on. And Adazio obviously did a good job of, of identifying what he could mold him into. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. Like thinking about that 2019 season and how Zion came onto the scene, because, you know, like you said, this transfer from a lower division of football, you don't really expect him to play. And they almost, and he didn't start immediately. Like they basically used him as like a, almost like a matchup piece as a run blocker because they would bring him in, you know, almost like every other drive and they would just kind of run all of their, you know, power and counter and get man gap schemes behind him pulling. And that was basically all he did his first year was just pull. And, you know, his pass blocking wasn't great at the beginning of the year, but as he played a lot more, he got significantly better at it. And granted they were running a lot of play actions so that generally helps offensive linemen's uh, pass blocking, but still just to watch him take those steps as he got more playing time and took over the starting job, just really impressive by him as a, as a person and a player, just to display that kind of excellent work ethic. All right. So we're going to kind of wrap up our Zion talk um, in a moment. I'm going to get into uh, the so my updates on the AD job and the hockey job as there's a new uh, favorite for that position as well. But before Mitch goes, Mitch, what are your predictions for the rest of this weekend for BC? Um, I think we'll see Alec Lindstrom go probably on day three, if I had to guess. I was, I th- I'm thinking around five, probably to the Miami Dolphins. That's my, been my projection for a little while now. They really need some center depth. And I think he could come in and, you know, provide some good competition at that spot. Uh, I don't really anticipate another BC player being drafted. To be honest, I could see it being Isaiah Graham Mobley or Brandon Sebastian, but I I think I'm leaning more towards those players being UDFAs at this point. I just, uh, I think they just have a lot to work on as uh, players and prospects. So uh and they just don't offer a ton of upside. So I think that they will uh, end up falling out of the draft, to be honest. Yeah, it, it, I think it'll be it. But I think next year could be a real fun one. You know? Oh, yeah. I think that there will be I, I'm trying to I'm going to tweet this out at the end of this at the end of this draft when it's over. But I'm going to predict that there are going to be four Boston College players drafted in the first two rounds next year. Mahogany, Jakovic, Flowers and uh, DeBerry. Yes, sir. Yep. Got that, and uh, you're going to be safe with your uh, Mike Palmer tattoo. It sounds. Oh, like. I thought. Yeah, I feel very confident about not having to get Mike Palmer's jersey number tattooed on me this year. <laughs> All right, so Mitch, where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me at Mitchell T Wolf W O L F E on Twitter. Uh, I've been tweeting through it in terms of the Kenny Pickett selection. Uh, don't love it at all, but you know, it's, but the draft is fun. You know, this is only the first night. We've still got two days left of it, two evenings, and it's really just a fun time to uh, be involved on Twitter and just be involved with everybody else tweeting about it. So when, when Mitch does a, I'm assuming he's going to do a podcast about this pick at some point, Um, you know, as another role I do on this, on this network is I'm a co-host on locked on ACC um, and I'm dying to hear Mitch's take on Kenny Pickett. So I will make sure that I retweet his podcast when they do that. (laughs) All right. Thank you much for joining us today. Yeah, no problem. Now summer is coming. 
And with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bags and your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you're fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bar is they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. They have puffs, they have the bars, they have everything. And the best thing is they have something for everyone, and they're healthy. They have about 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. There's some really great flavors as well, including banana cream pie, raspberry double chocolate, and so many more. All you have to do is head on over to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you're going to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. So we, we've gone over the draft. You know, Zion Johnson is going to the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. I always want to call him San Diego, but my old brain has gotten uh, into the habit of saying Los Angeles. He's heading over to Los Angeles. But there's other news going on with Boston College as well. And the biggest news, again, has to go with the AD job. Now, earlier this week, we talked about Pat Kraft. We talked about him uh, the, the the news story that Pete Thamel broke that he's probably going to be the favorite to get the Penn State athletic director job. Now, on Thursday, Matt Fortuna, Fortuna excuse me, of The Athletic reported that the two sides had come to an agreement on a deal. The contract has been signed, and the next step for the two is just to have board approval, which to me sounds like a formality. Usually, the board's going to approve anything unless it's like a really bloated, weird contract or the guy who's coming in has lots of baggage. Obviously, in both cases, neither of those are going to impact Pat Craft. Pat Craft has a crystal clean track record, and I'm sure their contract is fine. So he'll that that meeting is going to happen this morning. It's an I think it's a 9 a.m. meeting. So it's it's all but done now. Pat Craft is gone. So where does Boston College go from here? Now, we talked about what Pat Craft has done. If you want to go back, you can go listen to that episode. I'm not going to rehash the whole thing. But who comes in next? Now, there's Chris Iacola, I think. Iacolo, I think is how you say his name. He's an associate AD at UCLA. He was a name that popped up from Pete Thamel when they hired Pat Craft. He's a name to watch for. I mean, right now, you could probably go back to that uh AD list and come up with a lot of names because it's only two years ago. And most of those guys that came up are the same ones that are going to probably come up again. So Vaughn Williams, he's the AD at Bentley. He was an associate AD at BC for a while. They could go the safe pick with him. Jocelyn Gates, if you want to go, you know, if it was Vaughn Williams, he's got the AD experience, but he hasn't been an AD at a big program. That's one to look at. Jocelyn Gates is at Ohio State and is an associate AD. Now, I'm not going to say that her marriage, you know, she's married to Dennis Gates. I'm not going to say that's going to be a deciding factor, but Gates just, her husband just signed a new deal to become the head coach of Missouri. I'm not sure she's going to go to Boston again, um, away from Ohio. I know Ohio's a little bit closer to Missouri than Boston, so I wouldn't consider her to be a favorite. Now, one of the names that popped up last time was Graham Neff. He's now the AD at Clemson. He's not going anywhere. So you look at some of the other names that could pop up. Ryan Bamford from UMass. You know, there's a whole bunch out there. But I'm sure BC's probably going to dig up some new names as well. You know, I I think 
it's going to be interesting to see how they go about this. But I'm sure they're going to start from scratch, go over all the names, you know, get a, a list of all the, the people that they want to bring in. But what's going to be really, really important is this person needs to have a lot of the same traits as Pat Kraft and Martin Jarman. Both of those gentlemen brought very important um, strengths that BC lacked under Brad Bates and Gene Filippo. Pat Kraft was great behind the scenes to get things done. He got the indoor practice facility for a basketball program that no one thought would ever happen. He did that. He he got, you know, deals with New Balance and Adidas. Those were good deals. As much as some people joke about New Balance, it was a good deal. And Martin Jarmond, you know, he brought life to the, the athletic program. He was the face of athletics. And while he may not have done a lot of the things behind the scenes and, you know, Say what you will about him. He did not fire Jim Christian when he should have. And you can you can rip him for that. Um, he did have um, a personality that was very engaging to the fan base. So to bring both of those into a new candidate will be really important. BC cannot afford to bring in another Brad, Brad Bates. They cannot look at a school like Miami. When they brought Bates in, he was coming from Miami of Ohio. BC needs to go to a school that wins, a school that fundraises, and bring in a guy that can do that. And that's going to be interesting to see who the names are. And, of course, Pete Thamel's going to be the guy that gets them all because he gets every lead. So we'll have to wait and see who comes up. And I don't know how long it's going to be, but they're going to probably start looking, I would say, early next week because they're going to be without an athletic director. That whole athletics department at BC right now is completely turned over. Just think of think of basket, uh, football right now, right? So you have Kraft, the head, gone. You have Jason Baum, their associate AD in charge of communication, gone. You have um, Joe Sullivan, director of recruiting and player ops, into another position on campus. He's not doing the same thing. So he's gone. You know, you have most of the coaching staff gone. You have... It's just a, a lot of turnover. A lot of new names, a lot of new faces... It's going to be a critical moment for Boston College, and we'll have to just wait and see what happens. In a moment, there's still one coach that BC still has to replace, and we're going to get into all the details on one of the names that you're going to want to know about. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. And during this weekend, they're going to have all sorts of draft bets that you can make. And I did a bunch of them on Bet Online, and I think I did pretty well. Under 27.5 for Zion Johnson. Hit that. Third overall pick, Derek Stingley. Hit that. Philadelphia Eagles, first draft a defensive lineman. Hit that. And then I missed on first quarterback taking Malik Willis. Darn it. Kenny Pickett. And New England Patriots draft a linebacker. They instead went with some guy no one's ever heard of. But you can head on over to Bet Online and make your own picks because there's tons of draft picks and you know game action that you can find on their site. So head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Head on over to Bet Online. Where the game starts. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. On Monday's show, we're going to dive into the rest of this weekend in terms of the NFL draft. We'll look at who got drafted, who became undrafted free agents. There'll be a ton of news that you're going to want to hear about. Our last segment, and I apologize, we're going to we're going to do this last segment pretty quick because it's late. I've lost my voice, and 
gosh, I hope it's not COVID again, but I think it's just a cold this time, but uh, just not feeling great. So we're going to do this one really quick. Jerry York is gone. Pat Kraft is gone. But they still have to find a hockey coach. And BC Hockey Blogger, who has been around for years, he was a, a assistant. Um, he was an assistant behind the scenes or our equipment manager. He knows his hockey stuff, and he's been the guy that kind of has, you know, developed the list of some of the players that uh, coaches that they're looking at to replace Jerry York. He's kind of the guy that uh, gives some really good insight that you're not going to find anywhere else. So we've heard some names throughout this draft. I mean, this uh, Jerry York retirement process. Big names. The names have been like Greg Brown, Mark Dennehy, you know, um, Mike Cavanaugh, who's removed himself from the list. But BC apparently has a top three now, and they have a favorite, and it's not any of those guys. As the this blogger tweeted out that they have a favorite, and it's Providence head coach Nate Leaman. This would be an enormous get for Boston College because you're not just getting a, a, a coach from a winning program, which neither of the other guys that they're looking at brings. You're bringing in a guy in that has a national championship under his belt, kind of like Jerry York was when he had a national championship at Bowling Green. That would be huge. You're bringing in a guy with Catholic background, you know, probably. Providence is a Dominican uh, Catholic school. You have a guy that has a winning tradition in Hockey East. He's done it over and over again. This would be a slam dunk hire for Boston College. Now, he says that the other two is still Greg Brown and Mark Dennehy. Um, and Dennehy is the guy that, you know, he's a BC grad who coached at Merrimack. And he's gunning. He really, really wants that job. And while he did a nice job at Merrimack, I don't get it. And Greg Brown, I know he knows York, but and he's done a nice job at the USHL, but he's like the safe pick. I'm looking slam dunk here, and Lehman is that guy. So if BC can bring him in, like I've said all along, Carville and Bazin, or Bazin from UMass Lowell, those are guys right up there. you got to put Lehman up there too. So this would be a mammoth get for BC and really can grab that continuous, uh, the continuity continuity, excuse me, um, from York to, to the new guy, but we'll have to wait and see from what BC hockey blogger said. It's Leahy that is running the, um, the hiring process, which is a little scary, but you know, he can, I'm sure Leahy knows a winning coach is a winning coach. And so hopefully that will kind of tip his hit the fat the tip the scales in that that way. All right, this is AJ Black. I'm gonna head out. I'm gonna go to sleep and uh, hopefully get my voice rested for Monday's show. Thank you for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. I am going to go cry about what the Patriots have done. I know not many of you who are outside of the area don't care, but I have no idea what Bill Belichick is doing with this draft pick. But it makes me depressed. So thank you all for listening, and I'll see you again soon. Take care.